Hey there, it's Austin Horton. Welcome to a very special Saturday edition of the EP Podcast. I'm going to get out of the way right quick, right out of the uh, the gates here. Just want to thank you for tuning in, clicking on, and uh, participating in the EP Podcast. I'm having a blast doing it. Uh, today's episode, I wish was under better circumstances, but I thought it was important to compile the thoughts and memories in a comprehensive manner that took place on Friday uh, throughout the Zone Sports Network's on-air programming from former players, coaches, colleagues, uh, beat reporters, radio, TV reporters, all the thoughts and memories that poured in on coach about Coach Jerry Sloan on Friday. I've compiled them here. You'll hear a little music underneath it. I, I found a collection of songs that involved John Deere in the lyrics or in the title of the song or the subject of the song. So hopefully this will be a, a good stop for you to uh, pay your respects on a Memorial Day weekend to uh, the great Jerry Sloan, a man who was always kind to everyone that he came across. He was a tough, rugged, hard-nosed man with a gentle heart, and he could always be approached by anybody in any walk of life in any station. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that about him the absolute most. The handful of times I had the honor and privilege to meet him, you'd, you'd think that you were his uh, cousin or brother or, or neighbor for life. And everyone everyone lost a family member uh, when Jerry Sloan passed away on Friday, but we're all grateful uh, beyond description that he's released from the prison his body and mind had become. And uh, rest in peace, Coach. Uh, I often refer to him as Uncle Jerry because he always felt like more than uh, a figure. He felt more like an uncle figure than a basketball coach in my life. But uh, rest easy and be well in the great plow, in the great fields above, plowing away on the heavenly John Deere tractors. And uh, here you go, thoughts and memories of Jerry Sloan. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Jerry Sloan. Well, I work an old John Deere tractor every day. He was so country. Uh, we, we had a relationship that was because our backgrounds were so similar. I grew up in southern Idaho, and he grew up in southern Illinois. And our backgrounds were very similar. And we were just uh, kind of country, and uh, that's why we hit it off so well. And, and he had a lot of uh, old homespun uh, stories to tell and this and that about growing up. And, and uh, he, he had a, a great sense of humor. I think of all the things I miss from, co- from being around uh, was not, is not the coaching day-to-day of coaching players. It was being around the coaches and how much in, we enjoyed talking and exchanging stories and, and having a, uh, you know, uh, uh, conversations about what happened to us and things that happened. And it was always good. And he was very good at that. He was, uh, he was very good to people, and he was, uh, he was always open to talk to them. Great guy. Um, you know, we all know him as coach and the intensity that he brought to the game. Um, but I think what, you know, probably only a, a bunch, maybe a handful of people really 
got to see him on his softer side, which maybe he didn't want that to be out. But, uh, you know, I think about the times that after games, uh, you know, just seeing him and Phil and, and uh, having a beer and just talking about things. And, you know, some of it was basketball, some of it wasn't. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, it's hard to describe how you know great a guy he was just because he was he had his John Deere hat on he you know he he had all the quotes about bringing your lunch pail to work and when the, when that was over um, it was just just good old Jerry so uh, you know it's a it's a sad day for all of us uh, but you know he has brought so many memories to all of us and and kind of shaped our lives in, in ways that, uh, you know, we, we didn't think prior to meeting him. Our personal conversations about life, about our families, about growing up. Uh, Jerry grew up on a farm. His whole life was a, a farmer. I grew up in urban Jersey City, like urban. So we're two different people growing up. And uh, Jerry's father died at a young age and my mother died at a young age. And so we had this commonality as far as just that part of it, but also as far as uh, two different people, two different uh, backgrounds coming together. And so it was our personal conversations that we had about family, about life. Yes, about NBA and about pick and roll defense, but it was way beyond that. I can remember the most. Well, he was just one of those, uh, how do I put it? He was a hard-nosed guy. He was one of those guys that, if you didn't understand him, you would think he just hated you. But he was actually trying to push you to get the best out of you at all times. And, you know, that's one thing me and Jerry got along with was I didn't mind him pushing me. That was part of our thing. You know, I was the big dog and my thing was to protect the yard. And he was part, he was the leader of the yard. So uh, obviously I got to protect him. Uh, probably the funniest part for me was... You know, he, he sometimes he would call on me, and I figured, oh, I got better get in. So I would, you know, I'm always bouncing around, jumping around. So as soon as he called my name, I take off because I remember one time he asked me to go in. I jumped up to go in, and he said, ah, oh, wait a minute, well, never mind. From that day on, it was like, okay, every time he calls my name, by the time he gets it out of his mouth, I'll be there. What I loved about Coach was uh, just his consistency, his commitment to doing it the right way, his integrity in the locker room and on the court. And, um, and, and I think that he made a lot of players better. I think he helped a lot of guys along the way with his uh, toughness. And, um, and what I always appreciated about him was that you every day you came to work, it was exactly the same thing. As you guys well know, his, his post-game press conference, conferences sounded like reruns each day um, but um, but great coaches have simple executable philosophies and and that's how Jerry was and um, you were either with the program or you weren't but he wasn't changing and I think that's what endeared him to other coaches and to the end of the you know the league and the industry as in general was a fact that he he stuck to his principles um, the management and the ownership got behind him uh, and together created some amazing results. And um, and at the same time, you know, when you got done with the game and you went out and had a beer afterwards to sit and chat with him and really be friends with him is a pretty rare thing in a leader. And uh, 
Uh, and so I think that's what I really appreciated about him the, the most. Uh, and he was a, a real guy. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy I could say, Coach, I'm building a fence today. Can you come help me dig some post holes? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll be there. Uh, I mean, that's just, um, you know, that that down-home philosophy and if you want to really look at his, his background go back and look at his the, the Hall of Fame acceptance speech he did at, at Naismith a few years ago and um, I think that really hits home to how he grew up and the, and the difficulties he had you know in, in being a you know from a kind of a dirt poor farming community and, and um, he just he never changed he never wavered and I think that's what I, I remember most he's genuine what you see is what you get with Jerry Sloan he was the most genuine, straightforward person that I think I've ever met. And uh, he didn't play games with you. He, he shot straight. Um, he had impeccable character and he was honest. He expected people to be honest. He was loyal. He expected loyalty. He was, uh, he was fiercely passionate, competitive, and, but he, and he loved the game of basketball. And he cared about people, and, and I think that showed through of just the relationships that a lot of people had with Jerry to the very end. You know, I've been searching for that when, when I got the phone call today, and the thing I think about Jerry, I remember a time years ago, just after Bobby had passed away, and, uh, and I was in an uh, establishment sitting up on a bar stool, and uh, I felt this tap on my shoulder, and, and uh, turned around there was coach and he said can I sit next to you now number one that'll tell you a lot about a guy like Jerry Sloan but we, we sat there for about three or four hours and talked everything but basketball I was going through a divorce at the time he had he had lost uh, you know the uh, love of his life and uh, and I'll tell you I think people just didn't realize what a sensitive man Jerry was you saw him he's so tough and he was tough as nails and you'd see him so you know, so uh, focused during games and everything. But there was another side to this man that, that uh, a lot of us got a chance to see at times. And I think those who thought that he was so angry and, you know, that was his job. That was his focus in his job. The rest of the time, he was a, he was a man who had a lot of uh, different layers to him and a very, very, I, I thought, a very good man and, um, and a very, um, very sensitive individual. Well, you know, it is a tough day in a sense, and no matter how you, you prepare, because I think we all knew the day was coming at some point, um, it's still tough. It's tough because, uh, you know, his was a life well lived, and, you know, he was an open book, really. I mean, you, there's, there's really no, uh, when you when you talk about Jerry Sloan, and even those who may not have played for him, but knew him, um, they knew what kind of man he was. I mean, he was a tough SOB with a kind heart with one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever met. Um, and I think you, know, you can put those two characteristics in one person. Uh, it's not often you see that, but with Jerry Sloan, you got what you got and you you respected it. Uh, if you knew anything about him as a player, if you didn't know anything about him as a player, uh, you know, you, you, you better get on the internet or something and, and, and find out about him because, you know, he was a quintessential warrior as a player. And when he got into coaching, he made warriors out of guys like me and guys who played for him, like John and Carl and, and every man, Mark Eaton and all those guys who, who had an opportunity to, uh, who were fortunate enough to be coached by him. 
that was a huge contribution there to their manhood, and that was Jerry Sloan. Picked by the Chicago Bulls out of the expansion draft from the Baltimore Bullets, but I believe, if I recall correctly, he was their second pick off the Baltimore roster. The first was Johnny Red Kerr, but he was a player for the Bullets, but they were... Uh, took him in the expansion draft to be their head coach. And uh, Jerry really, when uh, it was his second year, the first year with the Bulls, but he didn't play all that much for Baltimore the year before that. But it didn't take very long for him to become the centerpiece as far as fans in Chicago were concerned because, as you might imagine, he was tough as nails out there, gave it his all every night, uh, night in, night out, and it was really a, a joy to watch him play. When he and Norm Van Leer were paired up as the guards on, on the Bulls' backcourt, uh, I, the best way I could compare them to as far as how they played their defense, they reminded me of a pair of Oakland Raider uh, bump-and-run cornerbacks. They were that tough. They were that tough. But they were, uh, those two together were quite the, uh, uh, the teammates and, uh, and all that. So he, he really was Mr. Chicago Bull before Jordan came along, and it was uh, always fun to watch him play, whether it was the first year at the old International Amphitheater or later at the old Chicago Stadium, but that that first year, the amphitheater, it was right next door to the Chicago Stockyards, and quite frankly, it smelled like it. And so when I had a chance to meet Jerry for the first time after moving out to Salt Lake to become a part of the Jazz pregame, halftime, and postgame shows, I asked him, Jerry, how could you guys play there? It smelled awful. And he looked at me and goes, Steve, you forget, I'm from a farm in southern Illinois. It smelled like money to me. Man, practice was practice was what practice was. You know, we we uh, second team get the beat down. You know, from the from the starters. You know, because they get all the calls. You know, because he he makes sure they they don't get hurt first. So uh, it, it, it it was just one of those things. You know, and then you know with him in practice, it, it leads into the locker room. You know, uh, you practice how you play. You know, and I think he got the best out of all of us there. Practice first. Um, that that tells how we play. You know, if we didn't practice well, we won't play well. Um, I, I think that's the upsetting thing that he he didn't like uh, for what uh, that brought for the for the organization as well as uh, himself because you know he was he represents toughness. You know, because he played back in the day with uh, Willis Reed back in New York, I think, and. Um, that was a tough dude back then, and so he's he's brought that toughness in practice where he expect everything um, to be for what it is. Because um, I didn't know that by me coming from New Jersey, uh, me on a on a you know from a losing standpoint, you know every year we're not making the playoffs, we're not doing this, we're not doing this right uh, until we start winning a little bit before I, uh, I left New Jersey. Getting to Utah was a different kind of ball game. You know, it was expectations of each player that came uh, to the Jazz, and uh, I, I kind of like, you know, my first year when I didn't have 34, I had 43. Um, I was wasn't in greater shape, but I think by being there, I got in better shape. I got in better in tune with the game with. Uh, with great players, you know, with, you know, a power forward that can pass as well as uh, run the floor, a guard who can run a team, set screens, don't mind being hurt. Um, that showed me a lot, you know, and, and it was all about business. And, um, and I think when I came, but when I came there, when I came here, um, 
it was all about business. They ta- they taught me how to be about business, and it, 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 and it led to more fun and then more you know camaraderie with the guys and the coaches and making sure that we understood the game. Uh, we talked about it, and uh, and Sloan, Sloan made me realize what it was, you know, and I and I thank them for that, and as well as uh, Phil, uh, Gordy, you know, and the rest of the, the squad that was there. Um, in the time that I was there, man, I, I, I really enjoyed the whole entire time. That really, that, that taught me a whole lot. Maybe my most favorite interview I've ever done in my life is Jerry sat, and I sat down and did a Life of Jerry Sloan interview. It, it's, you know, it's really incredible. Like, this is, you're talking about, like, a self-made man. Like, it's, it's incredible. The, the poverty that he was raised in was significant enough so that either his rookie year in Chicago or when he first went to Evansville, he ended up having a real health problem because he had never in his life had any table of food that had extras. So he just had never, ever in his entire life ever stopped eating because he was full and didn't really know how from what he basically told me. And so when he got to a training table, he just ate because at no point in his life did he ever had a meal where he just ever had enough food. He didn't know that that was an experience he didn't have either till Evansville or Chicago. I'm not, I can't recall which. He lived out on the farm in McLeansboro. To go to basketball practice, they would practice in the morning because everybody had to be home in the afternoon to, to help with farming and various things around the house. And so if he to go, but, but they didn't have, like, he didn't have a mechanism by which to get there. So he would leave his house a few hours before practice and start walking the street, the long, many miles road to get to practice with the hope that somebody would pick him up. So, you know, uphill both ways was probably actually true in his case. Um, so, you know, those stories of his, of his upbringing and, and those were his people, right? Like that. And, and re- and so the, the real sadness I, I saw out of him ever was when some of those, those people, those friends started to pass. Like, that was his world. That, that, those people out on the farm, they knew Jerry Sloan as Jerry Sloan. His, his world was, was not necessarily that of, you know the high, the Hall of Fame and nineteen thousand people and all of that. His, his world was those those uh, antiques and those tractors and and being out in that world. Well, the first thing anybody will ever talk to me about Jerry uh, when you know, they always ask how he, how he was doing over the last you know three to four years and. Uh, you know, the conversation always turned to what he was as a player, but also as a coach. And the first word is just tough. Uh, he he persona, personified that, Gordon. You know that, and Jake. I mean, if you look at him, he's a he's a he has that look. You know, that nose that was broken dozens of times uh, during his playing career, and he just has kind of a, a, a daunting look and you know he he's, he's has hands the size of, of a skillet um, and so he has the look of the real toughie and someone you wouldn't want to mess with but in reality knowing Jerry like I 
do did I, I hate to do it in past tense because in spirit he's here right I mean Jerry Jerry was uh, had a heart of gold man I mean he'd do a lot for you he cared about you um, I think you know we know how he was with players and it was a real simple equation and Gordon you 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 did several articles columns uh, with Jerry and you know all he asked you to do was work and that's what he did so there was nothing beyond that from what he did that he wanted you to do as a player respect the game uh, you know tie your shoes up tuck your shirt in uh, make sure this, everyone's color of socks and shoes were the same and just go play hard we all know that the lunch pail bring your lunch pail to work was a, a common theme of his and uh, that's a real description of Jerry there wasn't real a real complicated um, you know he wasn't complicated is my point uh, he only knew one way and that was to work he had to as a kid he was the youngest at 10 his dad died at 4 um and so basketball was his release. It got him to a, the highest of levels, but also he still kept the down home, the down home guy. That's who he really was, and he never shook it. Uh, the lights and the Hall of Fame, and you know the two championship runs and all the microphones in his face. Jerry Sloan still kept his feet firmly on the ground. That's that's really who he was, and that's who I remember. Somebody asked me about the first time I met him, and it took one time. I mean, I was uh, the new beat writer. They assigned me. It was June 1990, and they had assigned me the beat writer, so I thought, well, the first thing I need to do is meet some people. So they set me up to go over to where the jazz offices were, and I went into a meeting, and there they are at a table. There's Jerry, Phil, uh, Larry Miller, Scott Layden, you know, all of the big shots, Frank Layden, and, and uh, they brought me and introduced them, and, and Jerry uh, was just like Jerry's been ever since. And, you know, it took one introduction, and he called me by name after that. Yeah, I didn't have to keep telling him who I was, uh, but I was impressed from the first time I met him. Jerry was a very hard coach on you, which I took for the rest of my career, and it kind of helped me. He was tough rolls the same way as he played. He was the same type of coach, and I can remember that he'd come into the locker room when things weren't going well and say, when you show up to your mailbox and your check's not there, then you guys are going to realize that I'm not asking you too much to get out here and play hard. And that really <laughs> stuck with me, I think, throughout my years. I'm really sad. He's the toughest human being I probably have ever met or been around, and the classiest guy, too. It's a great example that you can have both. You know, I think people think if you're tough, you can't have high character and can't have class, and Jerry Sloan proved that wrong. You can have all three. Toughness, discipline, fundamentally sound, win. That's what I would say about any team that Jerry Sloan coached. You knew they were going to be tough. You knew they were going to be physical. You knew they were going to be disciplined. You knew they were going to be fundamental. And most likely they were going to win. When I stepped down, a lot of people said, well, what about you stepping down? What were you thinking? I said, I had no doubt at all that Jerry was going to take the team to the next level. And he did do that. He was a great coach. He had the thing that coaches need. He was going to have respect from the authority above, which gave him authority. And he was going to have the respect of the players. And they knew 
him by reputation and nobody was going to outwork him. He was the type of guy who didn't cry over losses. He didn't complain about the schedule or travel or anything else. He just came to work, as he used to say. He used to come to work like a, a, a guy going to work with his lunch pail and ready to pitch in and, and do whatever he could. He, he was a great assistant. He was a better head coach. And the rest is history. I mean, he coached his way right into the Hall of Fame. Jerry, we love you. On behalf of the Miller family and Utah Jazz fans everywhere, we just want to say thank you for bringing the team that you've brought, the, the reputation you've brought, the dedication you've brought to Utah in the Utah Jazz. You will be revered and loved forever and in our hearts always. Thank you. I was in my early 20s and a newlywed when you became the head coach. And so I feel like I was able to, to look up to you. And in many ways, you were a father figure in, in terms of the way I learned from you, the lessons you taught me. For example, you uh, taught me the importance of hard work. I learned the importance of having a plan and sticking to it. I also learned about the importance of executing the basics and executing the game plan better than the other guys if you want to win. Thank you for your many contributions over the years and for the role that you've played in making the Utah Jazz one of the most respected franchises in the NBA. And thank you for letting us honor you. One great thing about Jerry was, especially with me, no matter what happens the night before, the next day he was always like, good morning, you know, and he gave you a high five. And all those times Jerry was yelling at me and I thought it was his fault and it was my fault. Uh, he's an iconic figure, one of the most consistent guys we've ever had in the league. Tough as a player, tough as a coach. Respect him. Try to pattern a lot of what we do after his style and, and what he did here in Utah you know, with the whole organization. He's just a special guy. To be able to play under Jerry Sloan, uh, first of all, a person who, who, who I do admire and I respect. Like We've had an interesting relationship. It's, it's like a father-son relationship. It's like a big brother relationship. It's like a friend relationship. And I don't know if you get to go through life with many of those opportunities to have um, to have that. And, uh, and I have it right here in one man. And uh, Jerry, I can't thank you enough. You could write a book, you could do magazines, you could do 15 documentaries. And I don't know if you'd ever capture the depth of Jerry Sloan, the man. There's an image, there's a feeling you have about a guy that's been your mentor and your idol and your coach for so long. And I know that he cares about me and I feel like he cared about all his players, but I always felt some sort of special kinship with Jerry. I still do from a father figure, coach, big brother to the relationship we had as a coach and player. And then even as a friend, and it's one of those very, very few. That's very special for me. We had opportunity to bring our kids to practice one day. Coach Sloan taught our daughter her first word, uh, puck. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, really. Oh, yeah, you do. Think about it. Okay. What did it ride with? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Driving back home, she was saying that. I was like, no, baby, we, we was at basketball, not hockey. <laughs> Coach Sloan could care less about him. You know I love him. And I'll tell you now, I didn't want to disappoint you. I didn't want to disappoint the coaching staff because you guys made it possible for me to be the person I was. I felt when I came here, I was a young boy, and I grew to be a young man, good or bad or indifferent. But I just want to say that, you know, playing hard was easy because, Coach, you played the game. You guys did it. And I didn't want to disappoint you guys. And, uh, Coach, we, you know, we love you. I love you, man. And like I said, you, you're the best. I admired him and respected him infinitely as everybody in this profession. You just know what a job he did and how impactful he was, not just on the, the team and the organization, but really everybody he touched. Well, Jerry Sloan is one of my favorite coaches in NBA history. You know, I had the honor to coach against him for many years. There was one point in time when I uh, took a year off, and one of the things I did was you know, I, I asked if I could come 
to Jerry's training camp for a few days just to watch how he did things, and it was a, a great learning experience. Jerry Sloan's biggest contribution is to show that if you have a single-mindedness of purpose and you demand respect, you will get it. He coached in a consistent way. His expectations were consistent. His goals were consistent. Players knew what to expect from him. That never really changed. And if I'm an owner and I know I got Jerry Sloan starting the training camp for me in October, I feel pretty good about where I'm going to be in May and June. He's been so important to me personally um, to have a, a friend that's that's not that I need a father figure, but like that, and uh, th- that you can count on. Uh, you know he has your back no matter what. He was a coach that he listened to a player, and he didn't discriminate. And uh, we had that relationship that, you know, he could get on Stockton and I. And if he could do it to us, he can get on anybody else. I've been fortunate to have terrific people to work with. All the coaches who work with us, the fans, and this organization have been second to none. We lose 56 games, we still have a tremendous crowd coming watching our team. I've been fortunate enough to have great players to coach, have an opportunity to compete. 26 years is a long time to be in one organization. And I'd like to thank the Miller family for sticking by me. I think I've been blessed, and I thank you for that. Today's a new day. I get this over with. I know I'm going to feel much better. My time is up and it's time for me to move on. Plowing, planting crops and 
ever done. Yeah, I work my old John Deere tractor every day. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> I'd be mad as hell. I'd be like a dizzy duck. What are you looking at me for? I wasn't looking at you. Now you screwed me up. That's a gut check to see who you are. Trying to get guys head out of the rear end. Hangover? Just the excitement. These guys don't even drink. <laughs>